Welcome to Garbage of the Five Rings, a podcast by two people who wish Rokugan had Google Maps. I'm one of your hosts, Amelia Antrim, and today my co-host Jude Vase and I are digging into the chaotic repercussions of killing the Emperor. Yay! Yeah, wait, no. What? No. No? No, are we no. not celebrating killing the Emperor? No, I mean, we could celebrate killing the other one later. And the uh. other, other one. Uh, but this one, I think, was fine. He seemed okay. All right, fair enough. Just old, right? I mean. Uh, okay, yeah, no, that's fair. Corrections and not apologies? Uh, nope. Nope, we're perfect. Okay, no corrections. And as usual, we do not apologize. So, background information, real quick. For people who forgot from two weeks ago. Uh, Shouju murdered the emperor. And the word is getting out, and the clans are pissed. That was succinct. I like it. Thank you. Jude, are you emotionally prepared for this? I'm I'm prepared. My 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 loins are girded for battle uh in this section. Uh but I, I doubt that our listeners are prepared for the the salvo of information they're about to receive. I am not prepared for this. I just like let this happen during the outlining process. So uh, I'm going to let you have this. I will interject commentary as needed to just like yep. tone you down a little bit maybe, but um, just, I'm going to let you have at it. Yeah. All right. So. Are Shoju, you like cracking your neck there to like get ready? Are you like. Yeah. Yeah. Limbering <laughs> like up. like loosening up like. All right. All right. Like this is a fucking sport. <laughs> Shoju apparently knows as little about how long it takes to travel around Rokugan as most RPG players I've ever talked to online because he's shocked when the unicorn and Phoenix start showing up the morning after his coup. I don't know where to start with this. This whole section, the next whole section here of, of this timeline is basically showed you slapping his forehead and going, how did they get here? As if he had meticulously planned this coup and not accounted for anybody, not accounted for travel times. He planned this for 23 years, too. I, I just, like, okay, I know that I said I was going to let you talk, but I just need to have a minute here. He had 23 fucking years to plan this, right? Yeah, and it's not that How he... did he not get time to, like, look at a map or, like, maybe do some basic reconnaissance? Yeah, and I would get it if he got one clan wrong, but he gets like all of them wrong like every clan it goes the the story goes out of its way to note that every clan shows up sooner than he expected which is some fucking shenanigans in my book so let's let's go through it literally the morning after the coup the phoenix and the unicorn show up for those of you not familiar off the top of your head with rokugani geography the phoenix live in the butt ass north of rokugan they're the Canada of Rokugan, except in the same country. And and much less polite. And Rude. True. Uh, no. <laughs> Damn it. I walked right into that. Specifically, in uh, Orosanuchi, the Scorpion Sting, we're told that Sukune had a few units of the Tsunami Legion mount, um, adding up to about 25 samurai and two shugenja. And then in Imperial Histories, we're told that they get outside of the city and they manage to use the Shugenja to contact her armies and begin using magic 
to swiftly travel her army to outside the city. If this is a thing that's possible, why was why was Shoju not prepared for the possibility that the Phoenix would fast travel her the troop their troops here? So because okay. it was secret Phoenix magic that he didn't know about. Uh, I'm not okay. All right, so that's one clan. Fine, but let's put a pin in that and say that maybe he didn't realize the Phoenix could do that. The unicorn live in the California of Rokugan. They're as far east as you can go. Okay. In the same book, Scorpion Sting, Sukune mentions that the unicorn troops are coming, but it doesn't say how she knows that. She's just like, they're coming. She can sense it. Or she yeah. can just like smell them, maybe. Yeah. Because uh, they're horses. And horses smell bad. And also, it mentions that the scorpion are not prepared to mount a defense so soon, which seems like a, a an oversight for two reasons. First, because you just killed the emperor and it feels like you should be ready just in case there's some of the other clans nearby. In case Wh- some people take offense to that, maybe. Yeah. Which, too, seems likely considering that two of the most militaristic clans, the Crane and the Lion, literally live next door. And we'll get there. The fact that they don't show up till the day after is is weird to me, and we're going to get there. But the Unicorn, somehow, despite living fuck-ass across Rokugan, show up the morning after and there's no mention given of how they get there scroll two there's a fiction called the scroll two flyer which similarly mentions that they show up with impossible speed but they don't no mention of magic is given even at the end of the game's life in imperial histories they are trying to make more sense this bullshit and they give the phoenix this magic out they use that's when they mention that they the phoenix use magic to get there but they can't be fucked to explain how the how the unicorn get clear ass across Rokugan in no time at all. But now, wasn't there another fiction that said it takes three days? Or was that... Well... Are we getting there? We're, I'm about to get there. Okay. Okay. So, and then the uh, that night, the night of that day, the lion and the crane show up, led by Suko and Doji Satsume, respectively. So he now suddenly has four clans worth of armies on his doorstep when apparently he was not expecting any of them until the day, until at least the day after that. So here's my beef, pulling my sleeves up. Oh boy, it's getting serious. First, the very first RPG book ever released for L5R states that Rokugan was a rocky, mountainous land. The majority was rolling hillsides, steep gorges, narrow valleys, ravines, and mountains. So when this fiction was written, that is the terrain that the writers were working with. I want you to just... Yeah. Later terrains would vary that... Later editions would vary that terrain somewhat. But my point is, the idea that you can ride straight the hell across Rokugan from either the Phoenix or the or the Unicorn Lands, no matter how fucking majestic your, your goddamn horses are, Unicorn, is, is bullshit. The lion and the crane, maybe, because they live in adjacent territories, which are mostly farmland. Yeah, maybe. But the unicorn, it's insane. Despite this, the unicorn and the phoenix beat the lion and the crane onto the scene, which makes no sense. It gets even worse when you start talking about distances. The size of Rokugan has always been a subject of pretty furious debate. There is a very early supplement called City of Lies, 
which states that the distance between it takes a week's travel to get f- from uh, Ryoka Owari. This is traditionally extrapolated to give Rokugan a size of about 300 miles top to bottom. This is tripled by 3rd edition to be about 900 miles top to bottom. And by the end of 4th edition, the Atlas of Rokugan uh, canonizes this explicitly. And uh, for what it's worth, so does 5th edition. 5th edition says that this 900 miles top to bottom is, is the measurement that they use. You went deep, dude. You were like I'm not even angry done yet. researching. I'm not even done yet. Okay. Uh, <laughs> most armies can travel about 15 miles a day. If forced march, they can double that. To they can double that. Cavalry averages about 20 miles a day. Even by the smallest measurement, there's no way the unicorn can al- arrive in less than two days. The idea that the crab can get there in three days is a fucking joke. The crab are coming from like somewhere between 150 and 450 miles away. And yet they get there in three days. Well, that depends on which edition you're looking at though, right? At in Even in the smallest, even if it's only 150 miles away, they not... So even in yeah, the no, smaller right. measurement, okay. they're going 150 miles and they have to cross a mountain range. They have a pass to go through. But a that narrow would, one? A, a very narrow one pass yeah uh have we heard of this pass before uh baden's pass i believe baden 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 pass Pass. (laughs) anyway uh they certainly could not travel their get their entire army at full speed through that pass path through that pass that path on the pass (laughs) uh the idea that they they show up in three days is horseshit they would have to be traveling like 50 miles a day which is impossible you did so much rage math here. Uh, it makes no sense. Welcome to Garbage of the Five Rings, a podcast about rage math. <laughs> no part of this. I just, I, no part of this makes sense if this was a surprise maneuver. it's All these armies would have had to have been just casually within the neighborhood, just hanging out 40 miles away. Okay, can I... Can I further complicate this for you to just, like, break your brain? Please. That message would have to go there oh. before they can come back to the capital. Right. Yeah. How did they even get – how did they even know to, to start marching? This is what I'm saying. I, I mean, Shugenja, I guess? I mean, technically – but technically that is – hey, uh, RPG nerd here. That is the purview of the Bat Clan, actually, that they can send – messages mm-hmm. um but only over certain distances and i don't believe that distance is 900 miles yeah so the it's whole like thing the whole thing is horseshit uh i know that shoju sends a message to uh the crab clan at some point but yeah because he's convinced that he and Kasada are like bffs and it's one of those like you're my best friend yeah we're friends like yeah. but unless he sent that message before the coup, which seems dangerous, sending a message like, I just killed the emperor. Are we friends? Yes. No. Before you actually do the coup, that seems real, real dangerous. Uh, no, no part of these travel times makes sense, even at the smaller 300-mile measurement. The whole thing is shenanigans. And I want to say, 
The answer to all of this is the same answer that you get when you try and figure out how anybody gets anywhere in Star Wars, and that's that people travel at the speed of plot. The problem I have with that answer, though, is that the, the, it should feel narratively satisfying. And for the most part, in Star Wars movies, that does. It does feel narratively satisfying. The only but time is it, it doesn't... narratively satisfying to have nothing happen for days at a time? No, but none of this makes sense. The idea that everybody just happens to show up, like, I don't, have a, I don't want everybody to be standing around doing nothing, but I also don't want it to make no sense. I also just, I really do want to go back to the fact that, like, I don't know if it was Clan Wars or if it was in Scorpion Clan, like, it's starting to run together. But, like, it's very clearly stated that, like, Shoju says several times that it will take the unicorn three full days to get to the capital. And, like, the unicorn are like, three days is too long. It's too long. Like, it's going to take us three. And so, like, but then it's the same day. Like, and I know that they get there faster than they expected, but, like, yeah, where is no. this three days number coming from? And how did they run like the wind? Yeah, it, I guess my frustration with it is that it doesn't, I, I, yeah, I just, I'm frustrated with it because it doesn't make any sense. You can't make sense of it if you, if you take it seriously. And you can't make sense of it if you treat it like plot. Like it just, they travel at the speed of plot because I can't Because that makes out. no sense either. Because how did they get the message there the same day and get the black the same? Like, yeah. How do all the just... clans know that the coup happened? There's no indication. Like he's not letting messages go out. All the, right. all the like, clans. That's part of their whole thing is that like the Scorpion have taken over the whole city. Like nobody's supposed to be able to get in and out of these walls. Yeah. And we talked last episode about how they like didn't do a super great job of that. But like. This is stretching credulity. Yeah. The only clan that gets anybody out, really, is Sukune. Sukune gets out. But by the time she's out, the unicorn are already on the way there. The crane and the lion show up, like, ten hours later. Like, you've already got four clans on the scene by the time within, like, within half a day of her showing up. Like, she doesn't have time to send messages and get those things. Those guys are already on the road. Yeah. It gets... I mean, how long does it take to fucking pack, man? It gets even more horseshit if you read the clan letters, which have to... Which, which don't. Don't read the clan letters. Yeah. The clan letters that they write are... Read as though a someone sent a letter, like, back and forth in the time it took to, like, get the, the armies on the road. They're... They make it worse. They make this whole section dumber and worse. So that's my beef. This whole thing, everything related to distances and travel times with regards to the, the, the coup is fucking stupid. And I'm probably overthinking it. And I probably need to just fucking like let it go, which is what I'm no. going to do now. But no, you don't need to let it go because that's why we made this podcast because we can't fucking let shit go. <laughs> that's what this so, whole podcast is about. Yeah. But yeah, I'm, it's dumb and uh, I'm prepared for the knowledge that travel times in Rokugan are not going to get significantly less dumb. Maybe a little less dumb, but not significantly less dumb because to the best of my knowledge, nobody is going to spend uh, sane, reasonable or expected amounts of time traveling. So. So the whole point of that rant, dear listeners, was basically to say... Shoju has killed the Emperor, and now shit's going real bad for him real quick. He thought he had more time to, like, yeah. 
it's enact the... his plans or like I don't know, hang out and just like have a drink afterwards. Um, after a job well done, and clans are showing up right away. Yeah, it's the like, morning of the 15th, and he now has the unicorn, the fiend, a reasonably sized contingent of the unicorn, phoenix, and now the lion and the crane have all showed up. And the only thing he's got going for him is that they are not working together very well. That was part of his plan, was that by taking... Tatori off the board because obviously Golden Boy Tatori, if he were around, everybody would follow him. But since he very thoughtfully took that that chess piece off the board, they're all going to argue amongst each other. But he's got these four armies at his door a day and you know a day and a half, two days earlier than he expected any of them to show up, and that's not great for him. No. Does it get to be my turn now? Please, please. You okay. suffer. Now it's your turn to suffer. No. Um, uh, I enjoyed this. <laughs> because I like pointing out when other people are wrong. It just like feels good in my soul. Doji Satsume is dead and someone, question mark, killed him. Question mark? Question mark? Someone? Maybe? Doji Satsume is, was, whatever, the Crane Clan champion and the Emerald champion. He is also, notably, the father of egg boy-to-be Doji Hattori. Uh I want to interject and say that I feel like the, being both the Crane Clan champion and the Emerald, Emerald champion has to be a conflict of interest, and I'm sure that they'll do it again, but I feel like... That... Um, actually, it's pointed out... Where is it pointed out? Um, somewhere that like people thought he was kind of a huge dick for taking on both jobs. Like People thought that he should have given the clan championship over to Hoturi. Like, he shouldn't have tried to do both. I'm glad that... I'm glad that some other people in Rokugan acknowledged that the... acknowledged that, because that does seem shady as shit to me. Yeah, I don't remember where I read that. I just... I, I did. Cool. Somewhere. All right, carry on. So, yeah, you are correct. Um, at this point in the story, we don't know a ton about him. We do know that he and Hoturi don't really get along. We find that out in um, very early on in Way of the Crane. It tells the story of the death of Satsume's wife, who threw herself off of a cliff. And it says basically that Hattori blames Satsume for that. Whoever wrote Scorpion Clan Coup missed that note. They give us yet another inconsistency in true L5R fashion. And they tell us, um, I don't remember if it was in a clan letter or where, um, but it basically says, when the crane learns of his father's death, he will go whimpering back to his mother. Um, no, he's not going to be super sad about his father's death. He didn't like his father. And he's definitely not telling his soup's dead mom about it. <laughs> so, way to go, Scorpion Clan Coup. Uh, way to go, Fred. Yeah. It just, you know, like, bring up those hard feelings again. Remind him that his mom's dead. Rude. Anyway, now that I have filled you all in on who Doji Satsume is. Let's talk about how he's dead. Yeah, we're going to talk about how he's dead. Um, except we don't actually know how it happened. And the game certainly isn't going to tell us. So here's a quick rundown of your choices. We're going to do like multiple choice. Death of Doji Satsume. Long Knives. You'll remember one of our favorite stories from Clan Wars gives us a very weird timeline of this, and it suggests that Satsume died only a few days ago, which is after the whole coup is over, and 
uh, baby emperor is emperor already and is super poisoned and Kachiko is already the empress and she is telling him like basically that she killed him more or less um it's kind of implied that she was the one that did it yeah she says that it, he was found this morning f- dead from a geisha's needle and it like we know that kachiko loves to poison people she's in the middle of doing it right now so apparently he was poisoned it's after the coup after kachiko's already empress so that's the first that's that's option number one option two he was killed by a scorpion dude which one who knows? Take your pick. Doesn't matter. According to Scorpion Sting, that Otusunuchi, whatever, blah, 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 on day three of the coup, so definitely before Kachiko is doing a poison at the baby emperor, yeah. Satsume is struck by a scorpion blade in a skirmish outside the capital, a blow from which he will never recover. Uh, supposedly, this news causes the crane inside the palace to question like whose side they're on and talk about how if Hoturi is champion now, they're all doomed, <laughs> which uh, is my favorite because the big takeaway there is that Hoturi still not popular. Uh, I like that one. Yeah. Door number three. We're still, don't worry, we still got more. Door number three. Imperial Histories, which says that he was actually killed by Shoju himself. It says, and I quote, The next day, an engagement between the Scorpion and Crane forces results in Bayushi Shoju grievously wounding Doji Satsume, the crane, cl- crane Champion and Emerald Champion. Satsume dies within a day, dealing a major blow to the morale of attacking clans. When the fuck did Shoju leave the palace? Yeah. Like, wh- why did everybody not gang up on him if he's outside, like, in this kerfuffle? It- did Shoju let Satsume into the palace? Where slash how the fuck did this come to be? This one, I mean, it makes no sense to me. Like, I love narratively the idea of, like, shoju, satsume, fight to the death. But it doesn't make any sense because it's very clear in all of the other fictions that shoju has himself, like, pretty well holed up inside mm-hmm. the palace. He, like, he's watching the city burn. Yeah, so the I don't idea know of, The idea of this... him just, like, sneaking out onto a battlefield and being like, surprise, motherfuckers! Like... Gonna swing some swords now. Kill some fools. Like, yeah. The idea of him popping out into a battlefield to get his fight on does not at all seem reasonable. Yeah, and I can't and I can't envision a situation where they would have let Satsume into the palace either. And yeah, nope. Imperial Histories is not at all clear about, like, where this took place. Although it does say an engagement between Scorpion and Crane forces. So I guess that would imply that it'd have to be outside the walls. Yeah, I read it as a battlefield for sure. Um, That's how the novel does it. So maybe that's why I have that because I just read the novel and the novel has it happen on a battlefield. So. Yeah. But wait, there's more. Oh, good. Kinda. Kinda. Uh, The Scorpion Clan coup scrolls one to three. Just fucking gives up altogether on even attempting to sort out what happened and says Doji Satsume, Crane Clan champion and Emerald champion, dies during this time, though the nature and reasons for his death remain unrevealed. Translation, I don't remember, so I'm gonna punt. Right. But wait. (laughs) Wait. Oh more. Option number uh, what are we on? Five? Five. (laughs) Option number five. I should have numbered these, but they're bullet points. Gaijin's Guide to Rokugan talks about the end of the coup. Oh, this is my favorite. 
Yes, and it says, The morning after the battle, Shoju was brought before the new emperor. The young Hante had not even reached the age of adulthood. His emerald champion killed Shoju. Okay. Uh, what? Uh-huh. Okay. Okay. So. <clears throat> so. <laughs> so Satsume didn't die in the coup at all, apparently, which means that maybe the story in Long Knives could be accurate, because then he would be alive, because the champion couldn't have been Hitomi yet, because... She doesn't get the arm until later, which Kachiko gives her, which, you know, the first Emerald Champion would have to be dead because that's the what's happening in Long Knives. And we know that Hitomi mm-hmm. wasn't dead, so it's not that one. Um, but if Shoju is still alive until this moment, then Kachiko wasn't Empress yet either, so clearly Long Knives can't be correct. Please get me some red string. We need to start a Patreon just for the amount of red string that I'm going through over here with my little pushpins trying yeah. to figure this out. It's... And also, like, this is the only place where it's noted that Satsume might have been the person to kill Shoju. Yeah, so, like, that's a that's new and also, exciting fun fact. <laughs> that's also completely bonkers. Uh, that um, Gaijin's Guide to Rokugan Fiction, I want to point out, is fucking bonkers. It's it's the most useless thing ever because all it does is confuse me. It's so wrong. It contradicts, like, both the fictions on either side of it. In the list of in on Kaze no Shiro, it contradicts all of Clan Wars, basically, or uh, all of Scorpion Clan coup events in Clan Wars. It's just, it's like it's written by somebody that didn't really know what was going on in in L five R at the time. Yeah. So basically, we stuck this here in the timeline because it happened uh, somewhere around this time, with the exception of the times where it didn't. And uh, we can't offer a lot more on how it happened. It never really gets cleared up unless you follow our rule of last word is final, in which case it happened uh, out on a battlefield. Is that on the battlefield on the 16th question mark? Right, so. in the one that doesn't make sense because Shoju wouldn't have been there. Is that Imperial Histories? Yeah, maybe. I can kind of, I can see, of all these options, I think Shoju busting out onto a battlefield to kill Satsume is, as ridiculous goes, L5R ridiculous, not stupid ridiculous. Like, I could see that. If they made, a, if they wrote a fiction in which, you know, Shoju snuck onto a battlefield to kill Satsume. Yeah, I wouldn't blink at that. I think that was a little bit, you know, don't you have better things to do, bud? But, like, I'd buy that. But there wasn't one. Uh, Yeah, there's not. But I'm saying of all the things... I think if it's up to me, option two is the one that makes the most sense, which is that he was killed by a scorpion dude. I mean, that is not the most fulfilling. Yeah. I think it's option two or option three. Uh, One of the two. So... Uh, yeah, so really that half hour of ranting, or whatever, 20 minutes, however long I ranted, uh, and the five options that I gave, uh, we never get any answers. So, like yeah. I said, unless you go with what Imperial History says because it was the last thing written, in which case, Shoju killed him. Um, yep. yeah, so that is the life and times and death, maybe, of Doji Satsumai. Death? Maybe? I mean, we do know, I guess, I guess that is the one piece of information that we did come away. No, you know what? Never mind. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I was going to say that at least we knew he was dead, but that last, the Gaijin's Gaijin Rokugan says that he's still alive. So. (laughs) Uh, Not by Clan (laughs) Wars. To end this point, I would like to say, uh, 
We don't even know if he's dead. <laughs> by clan wars, we know he's dead because uh, Hoturi is the champion by clan wars. So. Well, right, but also by clan wars, Kachiko might have killed him. So yeah, uh, we do know that eventually he is dead. We cannot say for sure if it happened during yeah. the coup. Yeah, as far as the coup is concerned, we know nothing about Satsume. He's he's the uh, what's it called? Um, uh, Emerald champion. No, hold on. The oh, what's the cat? Oh, Schrodinger's cat. He's the Schrodinger's cat of L5R during the, the Scorpion Clan coup. He's both alive and dead until the clan war starts. Yep. And which in which case you you open the box and he's dead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that was fun. I actually really enjoyed that because I was like, wait a minute. I kept remembering other plans. I was like, I feel like I read somewhere. And so like I kept going through things and being like, nope, I did read that. I did read that. I did read that. Yeah. So I, I greatly enjoyed <laughs> that bit of research. So here's the part that I just refused to do because I was too tired and I didn't want to go to sleep um, <laughs> right then. I had other stuff to do. And I couldn't afford to be bored to death. So I let you take this one. Yep. Uh, it's another tutorial section. So if you have stuff to do, you you should probably, I don't know. You can skip it. the rest of this episode. Yeah. But if, I don't know, you're out of ASMR YouTube videos and you still need to go to sleep, this will do it for you. Oh, we could like, we could talk about this in like a nice whispery voice. Just tell you no, we'll Tori. kill people then because we're talking about Tatori, and if we do it in a nice, relaxing voice, we'll we'll put people into like some sort of coma, and that would be un, uh, irresponsible of us. As oh, podcasts. you're right. We have to use our our powers for good. Well, no, well, that can't be true. At least not for evil. <laughs> Wait. Also, that can't be true. <laughs> anyway, here's yeah. Tatori. Yeah. So last we saw our favorite tall drink of lukewarm tap water, Akota Tatori. He was lamentably not dead uh, at the hands of his erstwhile paramour, Hatsuko the Geisha, who it turns out was either in the employ of the Scorpion, being manipulated by the Scorpion, or an actual Scorpion, depending on which fiction you read. It will shock you, I'm sure, to learn uh, that they're just flat out contradictory on this point. Uh, not quite as bad as Satsume's bullshit, but pretty bad. Shouju apparently organized all of this out of a desire to keep the armies of the other clans divided, as we talked about above. In his classic villain prescience, which is a trope I don't like, uh, he knows that they will be unable to unify against him without Tatori there. Uh, how he knows this is anybody's guess. I don't know how it is that he can immediately know that no other leader will be able to to get these guys together or that the idea that like, oh, I just killed the emperor. Sure, certainly no, no one else will be able to get them to chill out or that like no other, you know, they won't possibly ever be able to work together, even though I am clearly the villain in this scenario. And they would definitely be able to like chill the fuck out to murder me. Like the whole idea is super played out in fiction. The idea that the villain is able to accurately predict every move that the the good guys make, no matter how unpredictable they are, simply because he's the villain. Down to like weird stuff like this that makes no sense. But Taturi um, is a tactical genius. No, that's Kasada. Yeah. No, also Taturi. He's a tactical genius and everybody loves him and will always do what he says because he's Taturi. Yeah. Uh, so Taturi wakes up, wakes up from his 
half poisoning and has been wandering around in the city for two days with a bunch of random bushi that he's picked up trying to get out of the city. Uh, in parallel to this, uh, we have a, a slightly unfun portion to talk about. Uh, Hatsuko's having a pretty bad day as Totori escapes from the city. Meanwhile, Hatsuko is... So Totori escapes and that word of that gets out. So Hatsuko is dragged before Kachiko. And when confronted with the question of did you poison Totori, Hatsuko rather unwisely cops to it, declaring her love for Totori and... This is the quote, throws herself on Kachiko's mercy, woman to woman. This offends Kachiko, who orders her, in quotes, disposed of. Uh, I don't know if she planned for this to mean throw her off a fucking waterfall, or if that was some poetic improvisation by the guards in question, but that's what she gets. Specifically, they chuck her off of Sorrow's Falls. Uh, Fun fact, the waterfall was originally named Amaterasu's Tears, but was renamed Sorrow's Falls after a lion samurai named Ikoma Ayamari stole documents detailing the failures of the early Hontai line in the first century, but was mysteriously found dead at the base of the falls. The documents, which detailed the fuck-ups of the early Hontais, were then interred within a cavern behind the waterfall. Yeah, because why not? Why not just have secret waterfall caverns? Caverns. Yeah, Uh, I... You cannot convince me that all waterfalls do not have secret caverns behind them. Well, you wouldn't go outside often enough to know. Fair. <laughs> uh, less fun fact. Um, Hatsuko is basically a slave. I assumed that it would be something gross like this. Uh, but sure enough, uh, according to the fourth edition RPG book Imperial Archives, she was born into a vassal family of the Soshi, whose name is not important, but... They then sold her to the Shosuro, who trained her as a geisha to work in their information gathering network. And it was there that she was plying the various um, famous and noble personages in the Imperial City when she met Tatori and fell in love with him. So that sucks. Um, it does. I, uh, I don't know where I draw the line on that in terms of is this realistic shitty, grimdark shitty, or is that like just... Just shitty, shitty. Because I don't think we... I don't think there has to be no shittiness at all in L5R. But that... I don't know. Yeah, I mean, and there are, you know, historical... uh, Yeah, I I don't think we have to pretend like this is a thing that didn't happen ever. Right, right. Um, Yeah, I mean, it wasn't unheard of for women to be essentially sold into that line of work however (laughs) uh this is l5r and so you know historical accuracy and careful management of their portrayals of asian culture they're not really top on their list and i'm not really willing to say that that's why they made this decision yeah that and this is always the question that comes up is because it could happen does that mean you want to put it in your property and that's where i land on this stuff is just because it's a thing you can do, should you do it? And this feels like, is this the backstory you really wanted? Like, is that necessary? And this is this is goes back to one of my central problems with Taturi, is that it's very much this white savior kind mm. of a thing. And, like, I understand that it's supposed to be, like, sort of an Asian-centric game. But it does have that very heavy feeling of, like, 
this oh, white absolutely. savior complex of like I'm going to save her. I'm going to be the one that like makes her not a geisha anymore and she's going to fall in love with me and I'm going to give her a good life at, because I'm Taturi and if it weren't for me like that's a huge frustration I have with the portrayal of yeah. Taturi and I think that this only serves to sort of um, make that worse solidify that for me yeah yeah in the novel they make it really clear that she's a slave in the fictions you basically never see anything about Hatsuko until she's actively poisoning him so you don't really get any of that, which means, which is why I think I dislike this so much, because there's, it's thoroughly unnecessary to add this backstory to her. Right, because you're not giving her any other detail except for this one shitty detail. Yeah. Yeah. It, they're the only, yeah. This is like, this is like giving every female character a, a rape background to make her strong and motivated. Uh you don't need to, you don't, it, it, it's just kind of like the. It's fucking lazy. It's shitty and it's lazy. Yeah. Yeah. That's all that we need to say about that. Yeah. So I, uh, yeah, it was frustrating to come across this. So anyway, uh, to Tori, who, as you recall, uh, she had stashed in the Kosuga district. Uh, he's been running around with these bushi, finally manages to get out of the city and uh, meets up with the lion. There's no scene depicting Tsuko's reaction to discovering that Tatori had not died in the coup and was, in fact, alive and would be taking over the lion armies from her. But I'm sure that she took it super well, super chill. And I'm sure that if a human being were capable of dying of disappointment, she would have right there. I'm sure that if you could kill a human being with fury, in that moment, Tatori would have died then, but he didn't, so... Bummer. Yeah. Yeah. Y- yeah, I mean, and I, like, I just can't imagine being Tsuko in that situation, being like, okay, there's this fucking coup, I've taken over, I'm trying to, like, manage this chaos, and this dude who should have been doing it this whole time, who was just, like, out having a good time, is suddenly back, and everybody's like, oh, gotta listen to him now. Yeah, and they all oh, the clans fuck that. All the clans immediately line up to follow him, which had to have been infuriating for her because she's spent the last day or two feuding with the other clans trying to get them trying to like or trying to know, get them to listen to her. Yeah, coordinate or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um it's especially frustrating because the fictions make it clear not I don't think in other fictions have made it clear that everybody knew what he was doing. Like, he yeah. wasn't being particularly subtle. So it's not as though nobody knew why he was disappearing into the into the city. Everybody knew he was meeting up with this geisha. So while he's shirking his responsibilities, the emperor gets killed and leaving Suko to, to pick up his mess. So Yeah. What a cool dude. Super cool dude. Stand-up guy. Our favorite. Love him. So that is... Where we're going to leave off for this episode. Things are not going according to Shoju's plans. Clans got there way sooner than they should have. Taturi is not dead. Satsume is or is not dead. Um, he's having a bad time. Shoju's just having a real bad time. Yeah, it's kind of a... For what's... 23 years of planning, this is not going well. Yeah. What's that book series? Uh, 
no good, Alexander very bad. and the horrible, terrible, no good, very bad day. <laughs> yeah, Shoju and the terrible, whatever, no good, very terrible, bad horrible, coup. Horrible, terrible, no good, very bad coup. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think that may be the title of this episode. Yes. I, yeah. Correct. Um, and we're gonna find out where it goes from here. Not well. Not well. No. It's Not gonna well. go. It's gonna go real bad. It's gonna go real bad. There might even be a clan war later. Who knows? Spoilers! Oh, God. Shit. Garbage of the Five Rings is an independent production and can be found online at www.garbageofthefiverings.com and on Twitter at G5R Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Amelia Antrim, and I can be found on Twitter at Ginger Reckoning. My co-host, Jude Vase, can be found on Twitter at Aramidic Jude. Sources for this episode and further information on the topics discussed can be found in the show notes. Thanks for letting us waste your time. We'll be back in two weeks.